In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Hello, everyone. This is John Lynn with Moving Forward. And today, my guest is Miss Tasha Hardy, a writer and producer with over 10 years' experience working in film and video production. Tasha has written several highly acclaimed screenplays, including Tumbleweed, a quarterfinalist at Scriptapalooza, and which was later used as a template for a new software program. Tasha has also worked with many film and television directors and producers, including Mark Ilsley of Happy Texas and Mark Zakree on Star Trek World Enough in Time, where she served as line producer. Tasha also produced a television pilot called The Hollywood Quad, which co-starred Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad fame. Tasha was formerly a writer and editor for Animal Wellness Magazine and head of video production at Visually, where Tasha produced animated segments for the National Geographic Channel. Tasha is now a senior producer for NetSuite and lives in Alameda with her husband, Indy, and their dog, Zelda. Tasha, welcome. Welcome. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for asking, John. I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) We're really happy to have you today. I'm so excited to be interviewing you. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join join us. So Tasha, I'm going to just jump right in. I think our listeners are really, really interested and excited to learn more about you. And I only scratched the surface. So would you care to fill in the professional and life resume and tell us a little more about yourself, particularly your journey uh, throughout your career? Sure. So I started production work in Minneapolis about 20 years ago. Um, I realize I'm aging myself by saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was a little bit less, but no, it was 20 years ago. And then I moved to Hollywood and started being a production assistant, which turned into assistant directing. I found that working on set was pretty exhausting. You know, there's a lot of long hours, 17, 18 hour days. And I knew if I kept moving up in that role that I would, that would just continue. And I just found that I was more of a creative person. And I, I kind of started exploring that through journaling. I wrote like a first draft of a script, you know, a long time ago that I, I never ended up finishing, but I was trying to like find that through reading Sid Field books and creatively express myself in some way. And then one day when I was working on the movie Hollow Man as a PA, I found the script that the writer of the movie wrote. And it's not that it was a, a bad script, but I looked, when I read it, I was like, wow, you know, I could write like this. Like, I, I can do this kind of work even at the skill level I'm at at the time, which was basically like I'd only had a couple years of experience exploring writing. So I decided I wanted to start writing. I did write like a few screenplays when I was still in Hollywood, won some contests. I actually got a screenplay option twice. Oh, wow. That got me into the Writers Guild, into the independent arm. And then I produced World Enough in Time. I decided, you know, love writing, but wanted to get into some producing as well. And Line produced that. And then Hollywood Quad, like you mentioned, and meeting Brian Cranston was actually a very inspiring thing for me and helped me along in my career years later, which I never anticipated. So that was a really big deal for me. And then about four years ago, I was like, you know, I I love what I'm doing. Honestly, you know what it's like to struggling to find work in Hollywood. I was like, okay, well, I'm getting older and I want to save money and but maybe buy a house. And, you know, how can I maintain this lifestyle, this sort of freelance cowboy lifestyle and then be able to also have more income and more stability. And I'd always loved cartoons. And so I was like, well, maybe I could produce animation. And that just opened up a whole new world for me. And I started producing animation about three and a half years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. 
Well, that's fantastic, Tasha. I mean, one of the big takeaways that I get from your story is that you've really been flexible. You've been able to adapt. You've kept the same creative passion from the very beginning, from your your early days in Hollywood, but you've let your path be open and flexible and receptive to opportunities that are there. And then you've really diversified. You've you've done a little bit of everything. You, the writing, you've worked as a PA, and then later worked in production. Which I got to know you on Star Trek World enough in time and just seeing all the different hats that you had to wear. I just, I can't imagine spinning all those plates on sticks, if you will, and the learning experience that you've had picking up so many different skill sets. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think that's something that I've turned into like my main skill is being able to multitask on like a high level, like even on a company level. Um, the job I have now, I have my own department, but I also work on initiatives for the company itself. And I think that, and I find that some people I work with are like, oh, you know, I want to focus on one thing and it's so frustrating. And I actually don't like that. Like I'm very, um, maybe I just have like ADD or something a little bit where I don't, I, I get really frustrated when I'm stuck in one thing for too long. I, I like to be able to work on several projects at once. Well, I like that phrase that you came up with, high-level multitasking. Can you unpack that a little? For our listeners, define what high-level multitasking really is. High-level multitasking, to me, involves being able to switch gears, I think, really quickly. And so it's like higher-level, longer-lasting initiatives, but it's just a lot at once, and I'm touching each one of those things every day, and I really like that. And it also, I mean, this is kind of like a downside to it, but not for me, because like I said, I enjoy this is that, you know, sometimes I'll work on something for a couple of months that is like takes up all my time and then it shifts dramatically. And that's actually very startup life-ish. <laughs> so Absolutely. it's like a normal thing, but I've just really, I think I've just gotten really used to that and I'm okay with that, even though that's kind of the downside to that kind of thinking. Well, Tasha, I'm excited to ask you. So what are you passionate about and how did you discover that passion in your life? I'm passionate about writing, but in creative endeavors, but I'm also passionate about producing. I actually discovered I don't want to write for a living. I actually very much dislike it. I tried writing commercials and some other stuff where I was being paid and it was like a full-time job. And I tried muscling through it, but I didn't want to go through another career change. I'd been an AD and I decided I wanted to write and produce. And then I was like, okay, no, I'm writing for a living. And then I'm like, oh no, I don't want to do this for a living. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I know I how to, that feels, Sasha, believe me. So. Right, like, muscled through it going, no, no, this has to be this way. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. I need to step back here and go, okay, what can I do for a living that, that has creative elements to it that can give me the support to be able to, to chase my dream, which is to have my own scripts made. I mean, that's really what I want is to be like actually a showrunner on a television show that I created. I mean, that would be like my dream job. It was an unusually seamless career transition for me. I think it was a combination of being passionate about animation and just having this this dream that I've been chasing for years of writing and being able to to support that. I think so many of us start out with an interest, a sincere interest in a particular field or profession. And then when we get there, sometimes we find, mm, this is not exactly what I had in mind, or this is not exactly what I envisioned myself doing for the next 40, 50, 60 years. 
And it sounds like what you've really been able to do is you've really been able to pivot. You've been able to take the same creative passion that you've had from early on and keep that as a underlying theme, but use and find other experiences, other channels to make sure that that theme is still there, but changing the way it looks in terms of your career. Yeah, I have. And I think, you know, and I don't think that it happens by accident. I think that when you were saying that, I was realizing that like the thing that really did it for me was not staying in a place where I didn't belong or that I didn't want to be in for too long. So I didn't just buckle down and say, okay, I've spent all this effort trying to get to be an assistant director and here I am. And like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not happy. I've got a, like, I have a low tolerance for long periods of, (laughs) of being unfulfilled and unhappy. Like I would just use that to my advantage and say, you know, now it's time to find something else. But I, I see that with a lot of people I know that are transitioning or want to be transitioning into something new as they get scared and they stay in one place. And that actually works against you. And even on a personal emotional level, it really works against you to do that. So I love that lesson. Don't spend too long doing something you don't like. Try it out, get some experience with it, and then realize if this isn't for you, move on to something else. Discover what it is you're passionate about, the creativity. I love that 10,000 foot view that you are passionate about being creative and taking your creativity and translating it into something that you can share with a wide audience. And maybe writing was part of that in the beginning, but now you've really been able to fine-tune it and find something that you're really, really passionate about as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I get that people have families and they have people they need to support. I mean, I'm not saying, like, just quit your day job and run to Mexico and find your dreams. Like, it's no, it's not, like, that easy. Like, I think there's, people get tangled up in a lot of life stuff that kind of keeps them where they're at. I think the main thing is to keep the vision in mind and make sure you have a vision. So experiment and find what you love and stick with that. Cause I think that people find what they're passionate about by experimenting, but I think it's that thing that sticks with you that won't leave you alone for years on end. That really becomes, that's the thing to spend time on. And I'm all about like, my whole job is time management. And so I've taken that into my life as well that like it's all about making space so you don't want to be in a bad place for too long because you're now taking space away from a good opportunity you don't want to be around people that are not healthy or people that you feel like there's no way to move forward with in the friendship or professionally or whatever your intention is by hanging out with these people because there's then you you don't have space to meet someone great and so, and like the Brian Cranston thing, I was at a point where I had a lot of open space in my life to take on a new project and meet new people. And I think that that's one of the reasons that I met him and he had such a big influence on my life and my career because I was not bogged down in a place where I, I didn't want to be. And so, and, and I realized like it's hard, it's difficult to say like, well, I want to meet, you know, successful people. You really can't control that, but you can control when you're in a situation that isn't working and then at least create the space for something wonderful. Two things that I think are really important. Number one, creating space. There's the practical side of life that may require that you have to do something that you don't necessarily enjoy, but create the space. If you want to do something in your life, start creating that space, make it a priority. And we've heard this from other guests that it's a discipline. You really have to spend disciplined time finding and experimenting. It's not just about quitting your day job and running off to Mexico or wherever. It's about starting off with the small steps, like creating space so that you can devote some time to exploring. And I love the second part. So many people ask, how do I find my passion? And I think when you start creating that space, 
it'll eventually come to you. It's the thing that won't leave you alone. Your passion will be drawn to you as much as you are drawn to it. So I think those are two fantastic, fantastic lessons. And it sounds like in your journey, you've been able to experience both of those things. Yeah, definitely. And I think part of it too is like the discipline aspect of what you're saying, like even in the finding of the passion, you can actually manage that and say, well, every week I'm going to do this. And every, you know, every day I'm going to do this one little thing to um, explore what I love. And it's, it is, it's a discipline. It's like making that big decision of like, well, do I want to just kind of float along in life or do I really want to find what I feel like I'm here for and kind of have the blind confidence that you'll figure it out. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I, I love that other takeaway, that nuance that it's not just enough to think about it, that you really have to invest time and you have to invest energy and you have to go out and, and take some risks and try things. So I think that's really important. Well, Tasha, I'm going to dig a little deeper here and I'm really interested to hear more about your story. So can you share a time in which you failed or faced what seemed like a big insurmountable challenge, but it ended up being a valuable learning experience or part of your road to finding your passion or success? Sure. I think world enough in time, I, I don't think it was a failure at all, but from my experience of it, I wanted to use it to like really kickstart my producing career. And, you know, we, we all, all hoped it would become a TV show or a web series. I'm speaking to this more on the, the difficulty of it and just not seeing how it was going to like help me or have anything to do with my life in the future. It was just so hard doing it on spec. And, you know, the whole thing was out of town and like there's traveling and I was unemployed at the time. And then, you know, of course, I was a little bit disappointed that it didn't get picked up um, as a TV show pilot. And then I didn't immediately get any work from it. But then about a year later, it started to really help me when I, I bonded with Jim Troche to work on Hollywood Quad, which originally was not supposed to have Brian Cranston in it. And then at the like right at the last second, he was able to do it. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, I'll roll with this. And this was when, when Brian Cranston was still the dad on Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah. So it was like there was no – I didn't think it was a big deal. I was like – I mean, not that, that that was a great role for him, but I just didn't really like – I didn't think it would turn into anything. And actually when I started producing it, I stepped back after that and, and it was like, well, I don't know if I can do this. And Jim's like, well, you know – I really think this will make a difference for all of us. I was like, okay, because I was still a little bit like tired from working on World Enough in Time. And then uh, it turns out years later, like for instance, with Visually, one of the founders was a huge Star Trek fan. He saw the episode like randomly. This was like six, you know, five years later and was like, I love this, you know, I love this show and I love what you did here. And basically he didn't hire me off of that, but that was one of the big reasons I came in there. And also Brian ended up attaching himself to a script that I wrote and it got me tons of contacts in the industry. And I got it, like I said, I got an option a couple of times and this was like years after this. So I just remember like being in the trenches of, <laughs> of world enough in time and being like, Oh my God, like I'm so like, is this really going to go anywhere? And I, you know, it's a beautiful episode, but I remember, Tasha, we had some late nights where we weren't even sure we were going to be able to yeah. finish it. And I remember you in particular, I've got to, I got to say this, you were doing about 30 jobs at once. My hat's off to you. I had no idea how you were able to do that and maintain your sanity. So, Yeah, and I'd never line produced before. Like I'd done little things here and there. Our budget was a little weird because we had cash coming from all these different places, but it wasn't like it was organized very well as to how we were getting money and paying people. I know it sounds strange, but it was just because it was, you know, it was what it was. And we were going so fast that we didn't have time to like do a line item budget and say, where are we? And we just kind of threw it together and 
so that was like stressful. And I, I just like, I think it really taught me how to line produce. I mean, I really, and, but at the, you know, at the time you're just like, Oh my God, like, is this, you know, it's just every day it almost like explodes. <laughs> like, is, is this really ever going to happen? But it, it turned out, you know, especially for, for me personally, years later, it made a difference. And and I wasn't doing it to like get famous or something, but I, you know, of course I wanted to see it at its highest potential. But now I just kind of look back at it endearingly and say, oh, that was a really good time. And I kind of, I miss like the, I don't know if I want to say like the simplicity of that time in my life, but I just look back and I'm like, oh, you know, I was new and like everything was fresh and it's just, it's sort of nostalgic now. Can you believe that was what coming up on nine years, I think that, uh, that we made that? Yeah, I know. I, I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tasha, I thank you so much for sharing that. Talk a little bit more about your life influences. So the next question is a two-part question. First of all, is there a movie, book, song, or play, or other media that has been greatly influential in your life? Yes. Actually, the main one is the movie The Princess Bride. I've probably seen it about seven or eight times. <laughs> All my scripts are in modern day fairy tales, and I think that that movie really disrupted the notion that only children love fairy tales. Yeah. Like I really think that it blasted through that that notion, and it made a huge difference for me. Oh wow, that's a great, great movie. I have so many friends. We have so many friends in common who are just, I think, obsessed with that movie. Believe it or not, I think I've only seen it completely from beginning to end twice. So I'll definitely have to revisit that one. <laughs> Hey, Moving Forward listeners, if you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at bemovingforward.com. Well, Tasha, second part to the question, and I know you've mentioned some great individuals who have impacted your life, but do you want to discuss any particular individual that you've connected with that has left a lasting impression on you towards your career path or finding your life's passion? Yes. You know, my writing partner, Keiko, so I write with a writing partner that lives in Colorado, and we met about 10 years ago in this I don't even remember the name of the teacher that was teaching the class, but it was a UCLA extension class. And the teacher was like really mean. <laughs> like <laughs> He had that like technique, you know, where you just yell at everyone. It was ridiculous. And we were the only, like there was us and two other people left out of like 14 people in the class because everyone just like left the class. And so we kind of w- bonded because we went through this thing together with this crazy screenwriting teacher. And she was working on a modern day fairy tale at the time and having trouble with it. And I said, hey, you know, I've never written with anyone before. I mean, what do you think about us trying to write together? And it just started this whole thing. We've been writing together for, I think, actually now it's been eight years that we've been working on stuff together. But she's been so supportive over like the, the course of my career and creatively and just like it's almost like finding that like creative soulmate yeah. Um, yeah. that's just made a huge difference for me. I, I couldn't have done it without her. I just think like our relationship is so deep and and we just have a lot of fun together and it's just made a huge difference for me finding someone who really compliments you in terms of understands what your passion is and i always think if you can connect with someone who shares that passion with you and you can really support each other and help each other throughout and keep each other motivated i think that's so so crucial in terms of connecting the dots so that you're moving towards your life's passion i think that's really wonderful tasha i'm excited to ask you this because you've had such a great interesting journey. What advice do you have for someone who is struggling to find their passion in life? 
I touched on some of this before, but you know, everyone says don't give up, which is, I mean, that's like the obvious answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it's really about like almost like project managing yourself. And like, like I said, like having a goal and working up to it, even if it's a personal goal, it's not, even if it's not something that has anything to do with selling something or something that's out of your control, having those things that you can control in your life, those goals and just a bigger picture of what you want is, is will help you at the beginning because you're, when you're starting out, it's like it's difficult to get your work and to see people or even yourself if you're like an actor creating those goals for yourself. And like I said, telling everyone, hey, I'm like um, starting to do this or I'm trying this as a creative endeavor. What do you think? And just not keeping it to yourself, I think, is, is a really helpful thing. And then also making, like I said, making space, just having having certain mm-hmm. times of the day or the week or the weekend where it's your time to figure out what you want and really think about it and just go for it. And eventually I've never met anyone that's gone through this process where they've been like, well, I never found anything. So I guess I'm just not going to have anything I love for a living or that I love to do. I mean, usually if you stick with it for as long as you stick with it for, you'll find something that you really love. I think. I love that. That lesson that you keep going back to, I think it's just so important. And I think it needs to be emphasized. Just make space. If you're looking for your passion, you've got to devote some time to it. Otherwise, how else are you going to discover what you're passionate about? So I think that those are some really, really great takeaways. And looking at what you've done and having worked with you before, I can see how you take that, you embody that and live that every day in your life. And it's a real inspiration. Thank you. Well, Tasha, what is next for you? I love producing animation. And I, I am thinking about getting back into entertainment again, like something like Pixar. I miss feature work. So I'm thinking at some point, I'd like to get back into that. And then I'm going to continue to hone my writing skills and keep trying to get my scripts made with my writing partner. I'm thinking to myself, like, hey, I really want this now. Like, I want to get something into production. So I'll definitely be focus on that as well. Definitely, definitely keep me posted because I'm always interested to hear what you're up to. You're always doing something new and innovative. I'm really excited to see what's next and in store for you. Oh, thank you. Well, you too, for sure. Absolutely. Well, Tasha, I have no doubt that you have inspired, you have encouraged people who are listening to this today. So what is the best way that our listeners can connect with you? Either LinkedIn or my email address, which is Tasha at TashaHardy.com. If anyone wants to reach me for sure, LinkedIn or my email, that I would love that. Well, Tasha, we will be posting all of that on our website. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, John. And I'm excited to see what's up for you next too. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and we will be back with a new episode next week. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.